MC Lobshire, the host of the Cash Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cash flow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Laubscher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. And in today's show, we're going to look at how artificial intelligence will disrupt every business and industry and what you can do to be part of this disruption and position your business to not only survive, but thrive in the coming years. Joining me on the show today is Tim Clark. Tim is the founder of Nico's Computer Engineering and is a certified Amazon Web Services Developer and Solutions Architect. Nico's utilizes AWS to develop software solutions for successful businesses using artificial intelligence, machine learning, and natural language understanding. MC Lobshire, the creator and host of the Cashflow Ninja and president of Producers Wealth. And I'm on a mission to help you achieve economic and financial freedom as quickly as possible. I achieve this by integrating the infinite banking concept with real estate investments to increase your efficiency and returns and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware of that you're losing. I share the number one strategy for investors in my holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, MC. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Can you please share a little bit more about your background and your history with my, with my listeners? Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I, just looking at the list of guests that you've had on your show, I'm just honored to be listed among them. So again, thank you for having me here. I know that you and I work with a lot of the same business mentors and coaches, and I finally had the opportunity to connect with you. But uh, really what I do is I do software development and computer engineering, and really specializing now in artificial intelligence. So back in 2010, I founded a company called Nikos Computer Engineering. And the reason I founded that is that I'd worked in the industry for a while, and I saw a lot of problems in the software development community with uh, poor customer service, just low quality software. And I was just frustrated with it and wanted to go out and start my own business. So I've been doing that for about the past eight and a half years. And even now just really focusing on artificial intelligence and also voice technology like Amazon Alexa. It's, uh, it's really intriguing stuff, so that's why I'm very excited to have you on, and I know we've had some conversations on the show about, about artificial intelligence and uh, this growing trend uh, that's making inroads, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to learn more about it and also learn how this is going to play a role in business. Now, 
Um, yeah, just a side note, Tom, I know we had, we chatted before, but I think it's a pretty interesting because some of my listeners might wonder the same thing as I do that, uh, you know, how did Tim get involved with this? How, how do you get involved with AI? No, that's a great question. You know, there's, we, we see that buzzword a lot. I mean, even on TV commercials now with IBM Watson, with Google, with Amazon, but what does it really mean? And then how did we even get here? So I can give you a little bit of background on, on me personally and how I came into this space here. And, uh, you know, back in really the mid 80s, as a child, I remember tinkering with computers. My, my father was an electrical engineer. And while he was at work, me and my brother would get into all his electronics, take things apart, figure out how all this works. And uh, I remember going to the library and checking out a hard copy book with programming language in it, bringing that home and typing in those commands in the computer. And, you know, even at seven and eight years old, just seeing that I had the ability to tell this machine to do exactly what I wanted it to do was just mesmerizing to me. I got fascinated with it and then really developed uh, software engineering as a profession, uh, you know, through education, through experience. But this whole idea of, you know, we, we kind of take this for granted now with computers, but this idea that we can tell these machines what to do and they're going to do it, you know, relentlessly without complaining, they're going to do it over and over again. They're not going to get tired. And just how we can take that technology, apply it to business, to finance, to, you know, the world's biggest problems. And now even with the advent of artificial intelligence, how we can, how we can do that much, much more, more efficiently and even faster. And really one of the MC, one of the, the main tenets that I believe, and this is really one of my strong belief statements, is that all software should get smarter the more that it's used. And really, this is the foundation of artificial intelligence and machine learning, is that the more the software is used, the smarter it gets. Now, if you think about all the software you use during your day for word processing, for audio editing, for your email, your web browsing, I doubt that software is getting any smarter and more effective the more you use it. And really, that's our mission at Nikos, is to come into all these industries where there's already great software and to further enhance that using artificial intelligence so that it actually gets smarter and smarter, easier to use, more adapted to you, the individual user, the more that it's used. Now, I realize that we jumped into artificial intelligence and I do have a pretty broad audience. So um, what would you say is the definition of it? We've spoken about this this uh, merger of machine technology and then also uh, human intelligence and then uh, technology and so forth. What would you say is the basic definition for some folks uh, listening out there that might be completely in the dark with us uh, talking about artificial intelligence? No. And one of the things that Coach Michael Burt has taught me is that a professional can take complex ideas and make them simple. So here, here's my attempt, right, to take this complex notion of artificial intelligence and make it simple, even for, uh, you know, the, the layperson, for a child, for anybody that, that's interested in it. And really, artificial intelligence at its simplest form is having a computer make decisions and insights that typically a human would make without the programmer explicitly giving that knowledge. So again, another way to say that is 
the, the computer is learning how to make a good decision without, you know, having somebody actually write code about when you see this situation, do this. It's not that functional programming. It's artificial intelligence where it's, it's learning from its mistakes. It's learning from what's worked in the past and it's making insights, making decisions in the same way that a human would. And artificial intelligence right now is already starting to, dis- it's already disrupting businesses. Can you t- speak to a couple of examples um, that folks might, uh, the light bulb might go on about how it's disrupting businesses? What are some of the forms already out there that businesses are using that people might already be aware of or might not even be aware of that, that it's out there? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about apps that people might use today, you know, in their daily lives, uh, in a typical day that are leveraging artificial intelligence. You may think of, you know, if you're using Uber or Lyft, there's a ton of AI inside that system about matching these drivers with the people that need rides. Okay. It's uh, on the driver's side, uh, it's using AI to figure out where the drivers need to be positioned while they're waiting for an assignment so that they can get the most money, so that the customer has the least amount of waiting time. It has AI about whenever the ride is taking place, it's tracking data about how efficiently the driver was able to, to bring somebody from point A to point B, what is the right price point, so that people continue using our service instead of another service. So that's just one example. Another example, uh, you know, actually my security system at my house, I have a, you know, traditional security system that's linked into the cloud and it's using artificial intelligence because it knows my patterns of when I leave the house, when I come home. And if anything unusual happens, any anomalies occur at my house where the, the door is opened at a time when they're not normally opened or someone disarmed it at a time that normally doesn't happen, I get an immediate alert because there's something out of the ordinary. And that's another aspect of AI is finding anomalies because this could pose a problem. Something's out of the ordinary, or it could be an opportunity. You know, we're looking at business where it's, you know, looking over business transactions, it's the same every day, you know, seven days a week, you know, month after month, but then there's an anomaly. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's an opportunity in the market to take advantage of it. And so it's looking for these anomalies as well. It's going to be in your email uh, with your spam filter. So, you know, if you think back 10 years ago with spam filters, they were a real headache because they were blocking messages that you really wanted to receive. Now using artificial intelligence, it's much smarter about what email you like to look at. It knows what you've opened. It knows what you've replied to. And so that spam filter is much, much smarter using artificial intelligence. So those are just a few examples of, you know, typical day when you're going to be benefiting and using AI without even realizing it. And then of course, uh, you have to talk about Amazon as well, because they are just uh, doing some amazing stuff out there too. What are some of the stuff that people um, uh, might be aware of and how artificial intelligence is used uh, with Amazon? Amazon's a perfect example of using AI in business to make a lot, a lot of revenue. So here at Nikos, we are actually certified as Amazon Web Service developers. So we use their services all the time. And really that's uh, one of the services we offer is, is helping businesses 
start using AI, using AWS technology. We can get into that a little bit later, but when somebody goes to Amazon to go shopping, they're using AI in there to make the best decision and get the best service at the best price. So AI or Amazon is really using two aspects of artificial intelligence every time you go shopping there. Mm-hmm. Machine learning and they're using predictive analysis. Now machine learning is on Amazon's side where Amazon software is getting smarter the more and more it's used. So every time you go on there, MC, and you browse and you make a purchase, that software, that system has actually gotten smarter about what a consumer might actually like to purchase so that when I go on there, when Tim Clark goes on there shopping, I actually benefit from that improved software because you've already used it and you made a successful outcome with that software. So he's using that machine learning, getting smarter and smarter. The second aspect is predictive analysis. And what this means is based on Based on my last actions, the last time I went shopping at Amazon, it knows what type of products I'm looking for. Do I like the budget items? Do I like the premium items? You know, what colors do I like? And it's taking all of this and starting to make recommendations. I'm sure you've seen on Amazon where it says, uh, since you like this product, here are some recommendations that we're making for you. Now that may sound like a novelty, but Last year, Amazon did $178 billion in revenue. So even that, that notion that it's a novelty is a very, very profitable novelty to have where a system can make recommendations for other products to purchase based on a customer's behavior. Not only is it basing it on my past behavior as a consumer, but also similar customers, right? Either the demographics or the location, it's seeing what those customers like and what they did. And it's using all that data to also make recommendations. So really that's the predictive analysis portion of it. It's quite amazing because Facebook is, is, is using the same type of predictive uh, analysis and data as well of what you read and what you see, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's a lot of these larger companies are using AI and they've been using it for several years but really the, the opportunity for small to medium businesses is that that same technology is now available to small and medium-sized businesses. And really that's the part where uh, you know, I see a lot of opportunity for my company, Nikos, is to be that facilitator where I could take companies like yours, I could take uh, insurance agencies, financial advisors, business coaches, and traditionally, AI has been out of reach for them. But now, through a few services, Nikos is able to facilitate delivering that AI and powering those companies using AI. Yeah, and it's so, it's so important. And I mean, this is a way for businesses, as you mentioned, smaller businesses uh, and agencies to get involved and use the, uh, the same technology that all of these guys are already using, the big, uh, the big, big corporations, as far as collecting data. Because in the information age, I mean, the, the folks that, that control and have and manage the data, those are the big, big power brokers as, as opposed to, you know, the industrial uh, age where people that owned and controlled the factories, right? Or in the agricultural age when the land and the farms were, were owned and controlled. 
You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. And let me be, let me be a little bit more direct with this notion as well, where I really believe that your industry, your listeners industry will be disrupted by artificial intelligence. Now with that notion, either your company, your listeners company is going to have an AI strategy and take advantage of this to benefit their own business or their competitor is going to be, find a way to use AI and dominate that market. And so I, I really implore all business owners, all investors, all professionals to have an AI strategy. Most, most people you ask, if you ask it what their AI strategy is, they'll have no answer for you. And really that's part of the service I want to provide for my customers is help you develop an AI strategy, help you find quick wins for your business of how you can get started with it. And, you know, it's, it's really going to be everywhere. It's really going to disrupt all these industries. And you, you asked a question about, you know, these large data companies. And another belief I have is that the business of the future will be a data business. Okay. Right now, the, the, the value of businesses is really based on, you know, the revenue that they produce, the size of their company, the assets that they hold, maybe their book of business, their, their customers, the, the contracts that they have. I really believe that your corporate data, the data that, that you have about your business, your operations, your customers, that data is a, should be a very valuable part of your business. You know, maybe even making up 25 to 50% of the value of your business should be that data. And really the reason for this is that, you know, every business owner has a, a unique perspective on the world based on their point of view, right? They've had interactions with their customers that no other business in the world has had. They have this unique alternative data about their customers, about the way that they went through the sales process. You know, what, what were the, my prospects interested in? Where did they come from? How did they go through the sales cycle? What led them to closing on a deal? How has the servicing been to that customer since we've acquired them? You have this unique data, this unique information that nobody else has. And there are investors and data companies out there who value that data because only you have it. You know something that nobody else knows. And I truly believe that every business should be collecting as much data as possible about all aspects of their business, about the sales cycle, the operations, the delivery, the servicing, be collecting as much data as you can because that data is going to be valuable to your own company because when we plot, apply an AI agent on that data, it's going to find the most effective and efficient process for all parts of your business to make recommendations, make improvements. So it's, that data is valuable inside your company and it's also valuable outside your company where if you're looking for an investor, a buyer, you're looking to be you know, a merger when they see all that data that you've collected, all that insight that you have about your customers, they're going to pay a lot of money for that data. I love the example that, that you've used discussing this as well, because I think a lot of my listeners will relate to this. And uh, you've spoken about uh, the value of data and how to determine how much is that, that corporate data and the data that you collect actually worth 
looking at a cash flow business or a cash value business. And also, I mean, th- this is two things that, that Grant Cardone and his brother Gary uh, talk about, right? Grant has a cash flow business and Gary has a cash value business. I think this will be super valuable if you can share this with my listeners. Absolutely. So we were actually out in Las Vegas in February for the 10X Growth Conference hosted by Grant Cardone. And the first speaker that came out was actually Grant's twin brother, Gary Cardone. So we have Grant and Gary Cardone, both very successful, both business owners, but they have very different business models. And I think it's worth comparing and contrasting these in the context of how, how is this data valuable? So Grant Cardone, if your listeners don't know, owns a, a Cardone Enterprises, about five or six different businesses, but the, the core of his business is sales training. So he trains other businesses on how to sell effectively. So he has a virtual training platform on Lightspeed VT, where he offers Cardone University, Cardone On Demand, so that salespeople, whether you're in financial services, insurance, a realtor, uh, automotive sales, you learn the fundamentals of selling and how to have a selling system that would ultimately increase your productivity and professionalism in sales. So really, Greg Cardone is, is looking to sell subscription services. He's looking to sell books. He's looking to sell merchandise. He's in a cash flow business. Now, I've been talking to Grant about collecting as much data as he can about every aspect of his business. If you've heard Grant talk, you know how important prospecting is, how important follow-up is, how important the close is, using different types of closes. I talked to Grant. I said, Grant, you need to be collecting data on every aspect of this business from every salesperson so that we can apply AI and I can show you, I can have the data show you what is the most effective and efficient way to prospect, way to follow up which clothes to use when, and ultimately your revenue is going to greatly increase because you're, you're acting and operating in the most efficient manner. Okay, so he's in a cash flow business. That data that he's collected is valuable to him because it's going to create even more cash flow. That's the cash flow business. To contrast that, his twin brother, Gary Cardone, is in a cash value business. Now, uh, uh, Gary's business is he, he helps with uh, credit card processing and he has a ton of information, a ton of data on how consumers use credit cards to make purchases, how they dispute those transactions after the sale, what techniques are most effective for businesses in handling and mitigating that risk with chargebacks. And Gary's strategy is he invests all the profits back into the business to grow the business, to grow wider, to grow deeper. And ultimately, he wants to sell his business one day. And when he goes to sell that business, all that data that he has, Gary Cardone knows something about the chargeback industry that nobody else in the world knows. He has all that data inside his company. And when he goes to sell his business, an investor is going to see the value in that and how they can leverage that data to take that business even further. And they're going to pay pay a pretty penny to Gary Cardone because he's collected that data all that time and knows something nobody else knows. You're listening to Tim Clark on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to Tim Clark on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and I'm back to our interview. Yeah, I, no, that's fantastic. I appreciate you sharing that because uh, that's just such a great example of of uh, looking at the two different models and how valuable data is in both situations. And some of the other stuff that you guys do, Tim, um, at Nikos is, is also integrate AI intelligence or artificial intelligence, and then also um, creating subscription models uh, to automate business uh, businesses and revenue for businesses of your clients. Uh, I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about this and, and then also the different types of models uh, that, uh, you, that you integrate and bring uh, along um, when you do set up these, uh, these different models as well. Yeah, I heard this statistic that businesses that are based on subscriptions and recurring revenue are valued three times greater than traditional sales. And what that means is that if you're in a business where you have contracts or recurring revenue, you know, you you charge a customer uh, a a set price every month for a service that you provide, that when somebody comes to look at your business, to value your business, put a valuation on it or appraisal, your type of business is going to be valued three times greater than a traditional business where you're selling one product at a time without any uh, you know, recurring repeat uh, customers. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's the space that I want to be in. That's the space that I want to help my customers get to. You know, I really believe that every business could increase their revenue today by adding some sort of subscription model or recurring revenue to the, their existing products and services. Now, I recently read a book called The Automatic Customer by John Warlow. And I really give a lot of credit to him in this, where he's really uh, defined how to do this. He could take any business, add a source of revenue based on a subscription model. Okay, here's, I'm just going to run through real quick. There's nine different subscription models that uh, this author suggests. And here at Nikos, for each of these nine, we incorporate this into the custom software that we build. So we, uh, you know, a big part of our business, even since the beginning, has been custom software development. Really what that is, is we find niche companies that cannot go and find software off the shelf or online to help run their business. Okay, these are niche businesses that are very successful. They have a proven business model. They're profitable. And now they're looking to scale. And because they're such a niche business, they don't have the luxury of just going out and buying software off the shelf to run their business, okay? They've tried to stitch together seven or eight or 10 different softwares, and it's just become a rat's nest of synchronization and integration, and really they're looking for help. They, can, they can't scale with that model. So we come in and build custom software to replace all those other products, and they have one custom software that all their employees work in day in and day out. And the reason I say all that is to say that when we build that software, we recommend and encourage 
opportunity in that software by incorporating a subscription model. Here's nine different types of subscription models that a business owner could integrate to add additional revenue. A membership website, so that could be uh, you know, simply uh, recurring revenue for access to a premium portion of your website. An all-you-can-eat library. Now, a lot of your uh, listeners may use Lightspeed VT uh, using Carter University, using Coach's Bert, uh, Coach Burt's Online Academy, and really they're just giving you all this content that you're paying a monthly or yearly subscription to. It could be a network. So in a, uh, some of your listeners may be in a professional network where they're paying every month to be associated with a professional network where they can either meet in person or they have the opportunity to connect with online. Uh, a private club, this could be exclusive events that you have to have paid access to get into. A front of the line subscription model where you have a service that you're giving to everybody, but for a premium price, you allow people to come to the front of the line uh, in, in essence where they get the first pick or the first access to something. A simplifier model, which is somebody is gonna pay your company every month to make their life simpler. Okay, we do this with uh, you know home services, with a yard company, with a house cleaning company, right? You're paying every month. They're providing a service to you. Right. Consumables, right? I use a Dollar Shave Club, right? I get razors in every month. Uh, something I consume every month, I throw away. I got to come back and buy it again. And then the last one's peace of mind. So even in financial services, I of insurance, right? That's why it's such a very profitable industry is because you have that recurring payment coming in from your premiums every month. So there's just nine different examples, but really for your listeners, my encouragement is read this book, The Automatic Customer, and think of a new service, a new way to package your existing services so that you can create a subscription model. Not only is it going to give you uh, recurring cash flow, right? We're on, the, we're on the cash flow show here, but we want to talk about this. That recurring cash flow is going to give you that stability in your business. Not only that, it's going to value your business three times greater than it would otherwise. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so, so powerful stuff. And that ties into that, that cash flow business model. And you've also mentioned how you can integrate AI and how important the data is in a cash value business, which some of the listeners might have there uh, or might, uh, might have. Um, Tim, what are some of the other opportunities that you see out there in the space that you're operating in uh, that, uh, that we can look out for? Sure thing. You know, something that's been around for a while, but not all businesses are taken advantage of is mobile commerce. Now, I really believe that every business should get a significant amount of revenue from mobile purchases. Okay, this is a mobile app where uh, you're either selling the app or people are using the app for free and they're making purchases inside the app. Okay, so even in financial services, I imagine a lot of your listeners are, are in this industry. You know, traditionally, you're not making sales through a mobile app, okay? There's, but there's tons of opportunity there. The way I like to say it is, is to do, think about dividing up your company revenue into thirds. I believe that you should get one third of your revenue from mobile purchases. I believe you should get another third from online purchases and the final third from in-person or phone purchases. And the reason I believe that is that you're hitting different segments of the audience, of your customer base. Uh, people purchase different ways. And if 
one of those three segments ever got a, a lull where there was a, a, you know, a disruption in that type of commerce, you still have two other legs to stand on. So you're even diversifying the sources of your revenue. So that's another service that we provide is helping companies get started with mobile apps, finding ways that, you know, really, when I talk to, to prospects about mobile apps, they have all kinds of, ob- of objections. They say, uh, we don't know anybody that can do it for us. We don't want to spend that much money to build it. We don't believe anybody's going to use it. And let me just handle those three right now is now you know somebody that can do it for you. Okay, Tim at Nikos can do it for you. You don't know, uh, you're worried about how much it's going to cost. Well, anytime I do a software project, before we sign anything, I help the customer make sense of the deal. And what I mean by that is that we run, I'll actually sit down and run the numbers with them where if you're going to spend $50,000 to build a mobile app, let's see how long it's going to take to earn $100,000 in revenue through that app. Okay, maybe we can do that in six months, maybe we'll do it in a year and show how it's going to pay for itself. Okay, any, any work that we do, we tie it directly back into how much revenue is this going to produce as a result of having this new software that gives you these new opportunities. And the notion that nobody's going to use it, well, um, I recently saw a statistic that said that 68% of users would rather use a native mobile app than a company website in their, in their mobile browser. Really what that means is that the, the marketplace out there really is really waiting for you to create your mobile app. That's what they want from you. Um, they're, very, they're, you know, they're very loud with their voice, but also their, their wallet, that they want your company to have a mobile app because they would enjoy that more and is making, making it easier for them to consume your products and services. So, you know, if your listeners are out there, if, you, if you're already in a, a profitable business, you're doing well, and you don't have a mobile app, I would love to talk to you and show you ways that you could actually produce revenue through a mobile app. Yeah, and as you said earlier, Tim, <laughs> your industry or your business or your niche that you're operating in will be disrupted by artificial intelligence. It's, it's not a question of could it be, it will. And somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to be uh, the first ones in there and they will be the disruptors gaining a lot of a market share uh, in the process. And the other thing that I also wanted to just mention to tie in what you just said, because we, we have a lot of investors too, right? So, and a lot of folks invest in a lot of real estate. Um, and they might be thinking, well, how does a mobile app apply to me? I have seen it firsthand of how um, apartment communities and also properties upsell tenants because you have, you, have a, you have a customer and a client, which is your tenant. So they're paying you rent. What else is there that you can get? People can get very, very creative with this. I've seen uh, gym memberships, if there's a really nice gym, um, if they invest in the gym to do that. Um, so uh, uh, tenants can pay their, not only their rent online, their gym membership, pool passes, guest pool passes. I've even seen folks have to book and prepay cabanas if it's a really nice pool in apartment communities. I've seen that. I've seen folks um, pay for pets, am I right? <laughs> Fluffy and Fido. How much money would you not spend on them? I've even seen um, people put a track around the, the apartment building or even on top of one where folks walk their dogs. There's, there's different ways to monetize that. So, um, I'm just, I think what I'm trying to do here is just plant the seed to open up opportunities and, and 
maybe have you explore these possibilities because there's so many different ideas and things that you can do even in a even with one real estate investment so i think this has been uh, super super valuable i mean let, let me actually yeah any comments yeah let me actually include two more technologies to make this conversation complete about ai the first is voice technology so amazon alexa and google home is also a form of artificial intelligence if you've never used alexa it's really just a smart speaker that sits in your house and you simply talk to it you make a request, you ask a question, and it's going to get you the information that you need. Pretty simple. However, the, there's a whole marketplace of new skills that developers are making for these devices that are specific to certain businesses. So if you're in a real estate company, we can make a real estate skill and have your users enable that on their Alexa devices so that end users can actually interact with your business using voice technology. They can get information. Your business can answer questions about your products, your services, your industry. You can actually service your customers through voice technology. This is another uh, a new service offering that we have at Nikos is building these Alexa skills. And uh, another technology is virtual reality. Obviously, we've, we've heard this for a long time. But the advances in this technology are just are mind blowing now. I actually have a uh, a meeting with one of the largest uh, community developers, residential developers in Florida next week. They want to introduce virtual reality for their communities that they're developing, so that you know for potential prospects, uh, they could actually take a tour of the community, fly through the community using virtual reality, and they're going to find that people that experience that are going to have a higher closing ratio than those that don't. So, you know, the technology is there. And what we need to do is take these partnerships where your listeners are subject matter experts, they're professionals, they're entrepreneurs. They need to combine that with the technology that we can bring and create something new in the marketplace, give them a competitive advantage and give them new sources of revenue. Another thought that I just had, because previous, you know, a previous uh, uh, discussion based on, you know, uh, artificial intelligence and what we're already experiencing today. If you just think about everything that's called smart, <laughs> right? That's essentially artificial intelligence because it's just collecting data constantly. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the whole notion of the AI is it's collecting data and then it's, it's getting smarter based on that data. And the tricky thing with nailing down AI is that once that AI becomes commonplace in society, it's no longer called AI, right? It's just, you know, it's just stuff that we have. We have our smartphones, we have our smart TVs, like, you know, 10 years ago, that was like AI, but now it's, it's more commonplace. And so that AI kind of threshold is always out in front of us, mm -hmm. but these technologies are, are rolling so fast that, um, you know, I think the takeaway here is, hey, you're, like you said, MC, is that your, your industry will be disrupted by AI, and I want you to be the one that's doing it, right? I want to work with you. I want to partner with you. I want to get you pointed in the right direction so that you're the one that's, that's taking advantage and benefiting from that disruption rather than your competitors. Absolutely. Now, Tim, 
to stay ahead of everything and <laughs> you, you have to be constantly researching and reading up and so forth. And that's a, that's one habit that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new things and learning new th- skill sets. What are you currently studying and what are you currently, um, what skill sets are you currently learning? That's great. You know, being a technology company, we have to devote a certain amount of our resources and our time into keeping up with all these technologies, right? It moves so fast. But really where we see the most opportunity to serve businesses using this is with Amazon Web Services. Now, if if your listeners aren't familiar with AWS, you may have seen commercials for it. Uh, You may have seen it on Major League Baseball. They're the, the, uh, they track all the statistics. Really what AWS is, is that, you know, when Amazon.com has IT infrastructure, for their retail website, whenever you go shopping there, they have massive data centers all over the US, all over the world, just just massive data centers to keep track of all that information. Well, Amazon has overbuilt all those data centers. And so they have IT infrastructure that's just sitting there doing nothing. And so they had the idea of letting certified developers like us take those resources and let small businesses run on the same platforms, same IT infrastructure, as Amazon.com. Business MC, I can get you hosted on AWS. And really, we've leveled the playing field so that your business takes advantage of all the same servers, database, networking, AI engines that Amazon.com's using. You get to take advantage of those exact same ones. And so uh, we spend a lot of time following Amazon.com. You know, we, um, as great as it is to be, you know, the, the, the innovator in, the, in, this, in an industry, it's also just as great to be able to ride the, ride the coattails yeah. of somebody else. And so we really positioned our company to be riding the coattails of Amazon and partnering with like Grant Cardone, with Brad Lee at Lightspeed, kind of positioning ourselves with the best technology, the uh, most dynamic personality and coaches, and putting us in a place that we can really come into the business marketplace and offer a lot of value for our customers by combining these technologies with this expertise, with their domain knowledge, and really giving them a technology platform to really allow them to scale and optimize their businesses. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and you are only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I'm kind of stuck on the technology piece, but now I appreciate you asking those types of questions. You know, the, um, you know, I'll just have some very simple responses. I think working hard is, uh, is one of those principles where, you know, work's called work because it's work, right? And, um, you know, I have, I have children myself and just seeing the importance of instilling work ethic. It's very challenging. You know, maybe it's just my kids, but... Um, no, I think the next generation needs to understand that uh, hard work. And I think the, I was having a conversation with my kids yesterday about, you know, what their first job is going to be and explaining to them that, you know, they, I think it's even more difficult for the next generation to provide value in the marketplace because they're going to have robots doing everything, right? You can't just go down to fast food 10 years from now and get a job because it's all going to be robots, uh, you know, lawn service is going to be robots. And so I think our, 
when I say working hard, I think it's also working smart where you have to find unique and creative ways that you can create value out in the marketplace. Fantastic. Well, Tim, how can my listeners learn more about you, your company, and stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with? Absolutely. We're most active on Facebook. So you can search for Nikos Computer Engineering. That's spelled N-I-K-O-S. Or search for my personal page, Tim Clark. If you are interested in getting uh, some time with me and have a conversation, I'd love to talk with you. You can visit our website at nikosce.com. And we have a form there you can fill out. And uh, that'll allow us to schedule time where we can give you our undivided attention and think through ways that we could utilize all this technology for your business. Fantastic. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge around this extremely important topic and uh, providing so much value for my listeners. Oh, thank you, MC. I wish you guys the best. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.